everybody, and welcome back to Opera Offstage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. And today we are going to talk a little bit about fundraising, which is a, a topic that's come up a couple times across different topics that we've hit on, like school, summer programs, but I think it's time that we single it out and really jump into what are some realistic ways you can fundraise money for all of these endeavors you're doing. Because across a time where you're in undergrad or grad school or even early out of grad school, it can be hard to figure out how to mesh fundraising with the 900 other things you have to do. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a, a very essential, even though it's a huge pain in the butt. So we will jump into that in a little bit. But before we do that, we have a couple of announcements. Number one might be if you follow us on Instagram or you're part of our Discord, you've probably seen a little bit of a sneak peek that we are currently undergoing a little brand refresh at Opera Stage. So have a brand new logo, new brand colors. And Jesse and I had a big meeting at the top of the year just talking about the future of Opera Stage and the kind of content we want to create for you guys. And we're super excited for, I don't know, a, a more fun a more casual kind of opera off stage outlook. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to be introducing this year and reintroducing from years past. So one of the things I always like to shout out is our Discord. Uh, it's a fun little chat group. It's uh, pretty active now. We're going to be doing opera watch parties. So some of you original followers will remember that. So we'll be bringing those back in the month of February and we're super excited. So lots of cool things coming your way at opera off stage. The Discord is a very fun place to just hang out and talk to other singers and, you know, throw around some memes and things. So come and check it out. But in honor of it being a little more casual, I want to talk about, like, you know, it's a little bit of a personal refresh for you and I in the opera industry as well. <laughs> yeah. Jumping back in and actually be reinvesting ourselves in music. Last weekend, I went up to D.C. to go see a friend's premiere at the at Washington National Opera's American Opera Initiative, and it was the coolest thing. I'm going to talk a little more in detail about this next week, but basically I saw three 20-minute new operas. I was there to see my friend Jens, uh, who has been on the podcast before, and I have never enjoyed myself so much in like any concert of new works as I did then. And I've never laughed so hard as I did at Jens's opera. It was so funny. It was based off of a, a Tumblr story. Oh my <laughs> which gosh. Which sounds insane, but it's so good. <laughs> like I said, I'll jump into all the details and everything, but it was so refreshing and so nice. And it reminded me of why I like classical music so much and like how far we have to go and how good English opera can be. So very exciting, but it's it's been nice to jump back in and like, feel like a part of the community again totally and i know you just went to see uh juan diego flores oh my god you guys it was <laughs> it was so good i feel like juan diego flores is one of those tenors who are like you kind of love him or you hate him i feel like there's not a lot of who people hates who fall juan diego in between flores Jesse, I'm so mad because I need to remove this person from my life <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember having a conversation with somebody Within the last like two years, and I, for the life of me, can't remember who I was speaking to, but I remember I brought up Juan Diego Flores or one of his recordings and they were like, ugh. And I was like, ugh, like, ugh to you. <laughs> like, anyways. Um, Rude. One of the best recitals I've ever seen, truly. Uh, me and Connor were blown away. He was just so incredibly musical. 
My favorite, like, like, just to give you some perspective, my favorite piece he sang the entire concert was Amarili Mia Bella, which, like, <laughs> hello, throwback to freshman year, like, the yeah. most basic. But 24. He- oh, my God. I had, like, full body goosebumps. It was just, it like, wow. The audience was right there with him the entire concert, too. It was such a treat. Highly recommend. If the 24 Italian songs book wasn't such an ugly color i would want a sweatshirt that looked like it (laughs) but it is like the ugliest yellow yeah sometimes purple it's jaundice colored yeah it's it's questionable (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh gosh but yeah it's been a nice time to jump back in and like start listening to music going to concerts again And like I said, it was just really neat to get to see new works and be so inspired by them. And the singers were also just um, second to none. They were incredible. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) Well, as you know, for us to be able to go and see any of these productions, um, all of these companies (laughs) and artists, uh, you know, have to put together money to put this on. So that brings us back to fundraising. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Fundraising is just one of those really icky necessities that we kind of have to do, you know, in the arts, in music and beyond. And it's something that makes a lot of people deeply uncomfortable, which I think is because most people, especially uh, as an American culture, we're very uncomfortable about talking about money in general. You know, it's it's necessary. And a lot of the times it's kind of the thing that is keeping you from accomplishing something. So we're here to break it down, talk about different methods of fundraising, talking about things to keep in mind to be more successful and reach your goal. Yeah. And I want to start us off with like a little quote that I saw on Twitter, (laughs) which normally would be a a nightmare uh, (laughs) of a thing to say, depending on how you feel about Twitter. But uh, it just kind of changed my mind about how I thought about self-promotion and that the work of gathering money and believing that it's worth doing and like It can feel really icky in practice. So I wanted to read this little quote. Um, This is from at Shen Shen writes says, I used to think self-promotion was really icky concept in practice until I realized that the actual self-centered thing is to believe that people will just flock to your work based on talent or merit without you having to say anything about it or support readers in finding it. And I, it kind of changed how I thought about it because I do think in our heads we're like, well, if I'm really good enough, like this will just happen for me. And that's not really how things work. And that it, it, it is a little self-centered to believe like, oh, I'm just so good that like people will find this. Mm-hmm. And so it made me feel better about the concept of self-promotion and putting your work out there and saying like, hey, will you look at this? Hey, will you do this? Um, and that is fundamentally a part of fundraising because the hardest part of fundraising isn't necessarily putting together a GoFundMe or the various other methods we're going to show you, but it is the practice of repeatedly putting it in front of people because you can feel like you're being a real nuisance, but we're going to explain why it's both necessary and the most effective way. So first things first, let's jump into methods of fundraising. Okay, so first is the most obvious form that most people are aware of, which is scholarships. So Whether it's school or a specific program, a lot of them will offer what I'll just call in-house scholarships. So you can apply for these through the school itself, or there are also ones that are available through outside organizations. This particular one is kind of interesting because you really sometimes have to dig in your school's website to find them. 
I found a bunch of random ones through my grad school websites and applied to them. And I ended up winning a decent amount of money just by applying to several that applied to me. So don't be scared to look uh, at even non-musical scholarships for things like that. But most of those will be used to apply towards schools. Um, some of them will allow you to apply that money outside or don't have limitations. But just make sure you read the fine print on any of those. Um, another example is grants. So if you're working on a specific project or working with an ensemble, there are both like school grants sometimes. More often, there'll be state or federal grants that are available to you. Um, grant writing is a whole process that you will have to learn about. And depending on what level you're applying at, uh, the needs of that will vary. But what you really need to focus on for grants is the writing. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of writing uh, in order to inform them of what you're doing. So if you're not the strongest writer and you're going to be applying for grants, find the strongest writer you know and have them double check every bit of your work. It's true. I think sometimes people uh, underestimate the work involved in grants. Um, but I will say usually when you're looking at a grant, you're usually getting a pretty good amount of money. So it's worth the it's worth the effort. But I agree if you if you feel that you're not a naturally strong writer or you know a lot of the times grants want to see they want to see numbers they want to see budget they want to see how much it's going to cost and so there's a lot of kind of business elements to it as well depending on the type of grant um so this is definitely something to reach out for others to help as well exactly um and the the main piece of advice i would give for grants and grant writing or even writing for scholarships is to never apologize or undersell yourself we often feel like we need to be really humble about our projects and what we do. Uh, that is not the time or place for it. You need to believe in every bit of yourself and every bit of whatever project you're a part of, no matter how much that imposter syndrome is getting to you. So double check the, you know, we're trying to, or our hope is that, no, you're going to do those things. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, that, that's the thing I have to fix most in my own writing for sure. Um, and what I most find in people who are for the first time applying for those things. Um, and finally, uh, a piece of advice as far as scholarships go is always ask around because you never know who sits at the table in these discussions. And asking is a great way to get yourself considered. So, for example, if you are in the process of applying to uh, a pay for play, you know, a young artist program that offers those kind of scholarship opportunities, never be afraid to write and ask, say, you know, hey, I would love to attend the program. It, this is after you've already been accepted. Um, or even before, you can say, but I will need, I need more money if I'm going to attend or I may be unable to attend unless I, you know, am able to reach this. And they can say no, be respectful about that. But it never hurts to ask because most of these programs want you there. Yeah, and even after the fact, you can always ask for more money. A lot of what happens is as you get closer to the start date, um, you know, people have to cancel contracts for X, Y, Z reasons. And sometimes, you know, there's money on the table again. And obviously, you know, these young artist programs um, or these competitions, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to send out an email blast saying, hey, we have a X, Y, Z amount of money uh, available. You have to ask. Um, and so sometimes if yeah. you ask, you know, kind of right before things are about to get going, you might end up with, you know, a little bit bigger of a scholarship, which is always, always awesome. If you don't really like to be too direct, you can even just drop a, a little like, I'm very interested in being a part of this. And sometimes that's enough. Mm -hmm. I've told I've told this little story before, but Michelle and I both 
audition for the school that I ended up going to grad school for. And Michelle got an acceptance and I didn't get an acceptance or a denial. And I got really confused. So I wrote to the teacher who I had taken the, the trial lesson with. And I said, hey, I'm really interested in attending, but I didn't get a notice if I got accepted or not. And it was a mishap with a computer. I just, they just didn't send. Um, but because I told her that I was really interested in attending the school, she went to bat for me for scholarship and it ended up making my grad school life a lot easier. Yeah. Never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. Um, so that's kind of method number one. Scholarship, obviously, this has a lot to do um, more with schools, uh, more with young artist programs, um, or then like grants. The next kind of method is the GoFundMe method. Or I know a lot of ensembles will use like Indiegogo. It's all kind of the same. I think for personal use, GoFundMe tends to be more popular. Um, and this is definitely a solid option. I have a, a couple tips to make GoFundMe life a little bit easier. Number one is, if possible, give yourself more than enough time to fundraise. What I see a lot of artists do is kind of push off fundraising towards the very end. Or, you know, sometimes it's natural. Sometimes you don't know you have to raise money until, you know, you have like a couple weeks left. Um, but I would say give yourself more than enough time to to fundraise. Even if your fundraiser only lasts for a week or two, you want to give yourself the pre-time, the prep uh, ahead to really be able to get all of your materials, to have time to write something thoughtful, tell a story. You know, also, if you don't raise the amount that you need so that you have time to come up with another strategy to raise money as well. So time is super important. Yeah, it'll give you a better idea and it allows you that time, like we said with the scholarship thing, to go back and ask these people like, hey, I am still short a little bit. Is there any money, you know, lying around still on the table? <laughs> I really do like what you said about the storytelling, because that's, I think, the secret of all marketing is all marketing is storytelling to some degree. Yeah. So you really need to write out. You don't have to write a sob story. <laughs> Just to be clear, we don't have to do like the the cuts to in like American Idol and stuff where they're like, this has been my life's dream before the accident. <laughs> all you have to say is these are the ways. Do you remember them? Yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like on American television, everyone has to have a very tragic story. Otherwise, they're not they're not winning. Yeah. But anyway, not so on GoFundMe. All you have to explain is like, this is my dream. This is how this program is going to help me. You can really break down what that money is going towards and how this is going to help you build your career or help, help you network. Like, those are all really good things to put in there to explain to people, like, why should you donate? Yeah. Um, so do build a little story arc out of it. Yeah. And you also definitely want to keep the momentum going. Um, the kind of psychological factor behind all of this is that people like to see that other people are contributing and then they will feel more inclined to contribute themselves because they feel like they're they're helping. They feel like they're like betting on a winner, you know. So if things start to slow down, as they often do in fundraising, you know, friends who have told you that they're they're going to donate if they haven't already you can ask them to make you know if they're going to do they're going to donate 15 bucks you could say can you donate it as five dollars each and do three donations just to kind of keep the momentum going uh stuff like that surprisingly really does work but you're always going to want to have you know donations coming in even if they slow down but you want it to try and stay steady and i would also say don't become discouraged if you don't raise all your money within like three days and this happens to me too. The times that I've had to fundraise, I'm like, oh, 
we're like we're still like a thousand or two thousand or five thousand away from our goal and it can feel super overwhelming but you kind of just have to have faith things will come together and just continue to strategize on different ways that you can can pull that money in yeah but like you said keeping momentum going is a huge huge part of that and especially right at the start you want to have a couple just lined up and ready to go it's really the same theory as a bartender if you ever run into me at a bar when i'm starting my shift my tip jar isn't empty what you'll usually see is there's a two dollar bill in the bottom of it which is like a silly little thing because i never get rid of i never spend two dollar bills really and so i'll keep them in my wallet as tip jar starters and it's that exact theory it's once people see that people are tipping they also want to yeah It's a powerful little piece of psychology, but it really helps. So when you're starting out, go ahead and whether it's your own donation or maybe your parents or whoever, like just have that first donation lined up and it'll help get things running. Mm -hmm. Another method of fundraising that I like, especially as it relates to musicians and artists, is public performances. And I feel like this is often really underutilized. I think, you know, scholarships and GoFundMes are kind of the most prominent and I understand because putting on performances and raising money through performances is definitely more time um, and like labor intensive but to me if you're raising money to go to a summer program you know consider partnering with a local nonprofit or a local library to put on mini recitals and you can do this with your friends you know um, or an accompanist and I think the core of it is it's if you're asking people to give money for you to perform, then they probably want to see you perform (laughs) or to be able to see or experience, you know, what their money is contributing to. So um, I always think that that's really fun. A lot of local libraries, you know, have spaces either outdoors or indoors. Uh, They do lots of events. So that's always a good place. A local bar, a local pub, a local restaurant. It's it can be a really fun way to bring in money and also like, you know, performance practice, like best of both worlds. Oh, absolutely. Um, And once again, it's a powerful little piece of psychology to have people to like see other people donating and you also then want to donate. So getting everyone together like that, it's once again, it's a factor of a little bit of peer pressure, Um, Mm -hmm. but it can be really, really helpful. Churches are also a great place for fundraising. If you've already got a relationship with a church, if you sing in their choir or whatever, talk to them about an opportunity to put on a little concert or something in order to fundraise. People within churches tend to be fairly generous, especially with the people who, you know, sing with them every day. The other thing I would say is instead of charging necessarily for these, I think the pay what you can or like suggested donation is the best way to go about it. I don't think usually with these recitals, it's necessarily a good idea to actually charge for them. I I think you'll find you'll end up with more just by suggesting. Yeah, this is actually really powerful. And I know a lot of people think, um, you know, oh, well, if I do pay what you can, what if I just get like a bunch of like $5 bills and at the end of the day, I'm only able to raise like a hundred bucks or something. Uh, You'd be surprised. It is easier to, I find, be generous in one payment than to be generous twice. For example, like paying $20 to buy a ticket and then you show up and then it's you know, there's a tip jar to give twice is a little bit harder to convince people versus like, oh, you know what? I have a $20 in my bill, a uh, bill in my pocket. I'll just give it right now as a donation. That's my suggested uh, pay what I can. You know, you'd, you'd be surprised what you can get with this kind of strategy. Yeah. Um, and then kind of going off of this, another form of fundraising is uh, definitely service based. Um, so for all our singers, voice lessons, 
for any musician really um giving lessons side hustles this can be anything from you know selling something that you create by hand um if you're a really good photographer you know if you're a good writer helping with uh blog posts writing pretty much whatever skill sets you have and this doesn't have to be like making a hobby a side hustle it can be short term you know if you're just looking to fundraise through spring so that you can pay to do something over the summer even taking up short-term work or a temporary part-time job might be something that you can consider to put money aside for something that you want to make a reality yeah i mean it can just be dog walking or whatever yeah whatever you can fit into your schedule realistically you're probably going to do some combination of these things across your fundraising depending on how expensive whatever you're doing is and honestly I think it's good to do some combination of these because even if you end up you know the worst thing that could happen is you make more than you intended Mm -hmm. so I would suggest definitely not relying too heavily on any singular one of these and finding a mix that doesn't overwhelm you and also allows you some comfort if any individual method doesn't bring in as much money as you expected Mm -hmm. um there are a, lot, a couple things to keep in mind in the big picture of fundraising. To raise money, you're going to have to learn how to be okay with being uncomfortable. There is nothing easy about asking people for money. There's nothing e- easy about asking people for money, even when you're providing services that you are qualified to receive money for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Money is just an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of us. So you're just going to have to internally make peace with that and understand that there are many people out there who are very excited to support the arts and very excited to support you. You will have to be persistent. It is not going to be a one and done kind of thing. You are going to be reposting that link to your GoFundMe. You are going to be reaching out individually to people in your family who you are close to and say like, hey, would you mind checking out my GoFundMe? Or hey, would you mind, um, you know, would you bring some people to my recital? Or can I, you know, come and babysit or whatever? You're going to have to be in people's lives consistently about these things. And I'm not saying you have to be a nuisance, but you're going to have to present most of these things more than once. People are going to need to see your fundraisers a couple times before they end up giving. And sometimes people close to you are just going to need a little bit of a nudge. So just get used to being there over and over and over again and understand that, Even if you're a little bit annoying, most people are not going to mind or remember. (laughs) The other big thing is you really need to focus on presentation. Presentation, presentation, presentation. You know, we talked about writing your story out when it comes to your GoFundMe. And all it's not just that. It's having a well thought out and written presentation to a proposal, if you will. Good pictures can make a world of difference. Little bits of extra effort make people feel like they're giving money to something that is definitely going to have follow through. There is something about professional presentation that has um, a sense of authenticity and trustworthiness to it. And so putting in that little extra effort, I'm not saying you have to get $600 headshots. I'm just making sure, say, make sure you're not uploading that like 200 pixel picture as your banner. This is not to be the annoying social media person, but this is really important <laughs> because uh, there there are a lot of scams like this. There are a lot of, uh, you know, random scams on GoFundMe and different fundraising sites. So I think anything that you can do to make it look legit and feel legit um, is also just like helpful. Like you said, people want to donate to things that they feel good about that they feel like are going to succeed that they feel like are going to hit their goal and make an impact because at the end of the day donating is a very emotional act 
they want to buy into the story they want to know that they're doing something good um before they you know feel like donating their money to something (laughs) every time you post bad pictures or bad copy a single tear rolls down michelle's cheek (laughs) yes (laughs) truly oh my gosh yes guys don't stress me out (laughs) please but you should also get personal with it like you don't have to be cold and like you don't have to act like you're a corporation you can reach out to people personally and you should and ask them you know even if people can't donate you know say you have some friends and you know they're you know if you're all students you may not be in the financial position to actually donate ask them if they can repost with you know a little write-up or a little message that stuff can push it so much further and you never know who's going to drop you know five ten bucks and a little bit of those makes a lot yeah at the end of the day the success of fundraising often comes down to exposure um and something that i've always found to be really helpful even though it is deeply uncomfortable is just um sending a text to you know you have your inner circle of friends who have probably already donated right your inner circle you don't you normally have to worry about them uh then you have have that middle circle where they've seen it maybe some of them have donated maybe you know some of them have mentioned it to you yeah i want to donate but they haven't yet um and then you have that outer circle of you know you might get a couple people from that outer circle to donate but you know feel free to to text people send the link say hey you know you had mentioned um that you were interested in donating just want to let you know there's only five days left on my fundraiser if you still feel like you can send out these texts and i think once it's like immediately in somebody's hand it's different than just scrolling through a shared post on facebook or instagram um emailing same thing but don't be afraid to add that personal element of you know texting or emailing and really just putting it in their face without being annoying of course but uh, I think sometimes people just need that little extra reminder that extra push and the reality is is that people raise money all the time for things and there really isn't a lot of shame in it so don't feel bad especially if you're raising money for an opportunity that is actually going to help you further your career shame is just such a waste of time okay we have, like, the weirdest career. <laughs> yeah. That in many ways requires us to be shameless anyway, to get up on a stage and sing a song and say, you have to believe me while I belt out the song that I am a real person doing this. Like, you just have to learn to take that shame and throw it out of the window. Because at the end of the day, it, it doesn't serve you. It's not going to get you further. It's not going to make you a better person. And it's not going to actually help you in most ways. That shame is mostly holding you down, keeping you from believing that other people like you enough and want to see you succeed enough to donate. And regardless, you won't know until you try. So take that shame, kick it to the curb, and put yourself out there. Yeah, I feel like uh, perspective is everything, you know, especially when we're, we're asking people to donate to things like, please help me, fund me, go to uh, spend a summer in Italy. <laughs> do this young program and i know sometimes like those big expensive things or help me raise twenty five thousand dollars to start my inquire which is something that uh jesse me and our whole other team just did and i know sometimes it kind of feels like oh my god who's gonna help us do that but anything that helps they did but they freaking (laughs) did and i i think that we can't underestimate the importance of the arts And I know that always sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Like life is truly so boring and sad and black and white without art. 
And there are many people who want to see art in their community. They want to see artists thrive. So just, you know, I explained to the world why the the brilliance of what you're trying to bring to life and why it's important and how it helps you. And kind of the rest will take care of itself. Well, it's kind of funny. Like, think about, for most of you, you were in a university choir or band or orchestra, right? And I want you to think about how many people in that group went on to be professional musicians. Most of them probably did not. Most of them probably had other majors or other jobs and went on to continue in those positions. But within them, they hold a deep love of music. And the history of music is not music funding itself. It is music being funded by people who love it. Yeah. Music is a community-driven resource. It is not driven just from musicians scraping together every last penny they can possibly find. Yeah. It is driven by people who love it and who want to support it. So give them that opportunity to build better community. Put yourself out there. No more shame. And get the money to go and make yourself a better musician. To make better art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome we hope that you fundraise get that money yeah get that money <laughs> fundraise your dreams um but if you have any cool projects that you're trying to make happen you know we'd love to hear about it the link in the episode description will have uh the link to our discord um so go go check out that let us know what you're working on let us know what you're fundraising for we'd love to be uh in on the action join us on discord join us on our instagram Come and chat with us anytime you'd like. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.